verse 36. Once when we were going to uh, the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she, predict she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for owner money for her owners for uh, by fortune telling i can't i can't see this so that's better okay this girl followed paul in the rest of us shouting these men are servants of the most high god who are telling you the way to be saved she kept this up in many in many days finally paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to, to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrate and said, These men are, jo are Jews in throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for our Romans in acts and uh, accept or, or practiced. The crowd joined in the attacks against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After, after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard, to guard them carefully. Among receiving, upon receiving such orders, he put them into the inner cell and fastened them, their feet, in the in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chain came, came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his swords and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourselves. We are all here. The jailer called the lights, rushed and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved in your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him, to all the others in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. Verse 34, the jailer brought them in the house, into his house and set the meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God and with, whole, with his whole family. This is the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Right. Mic check. Okay, folks. Good evening again. <laughs> um, if I could take a picture of all of you, if I will take a picture of all of you right now, I'm pretty sure you will all put up a smile, right? Because you don't know if I'm going to put it on Facebook. <laughs> but... We just read an account, the scripture, the word of God, and tonight is our third, 14th anniversary. And um, we always start with the scripture, and then we, we give out the observations. And hopefully that you have enough energy and strength to be able to concentrate. And uh, if you do have a cell phone, this is the time that you put them on silent mode or on vibrate. Um, because, you know, Jesus can call you in this but he probably won't use your cell phone <laughs> well join me in a word of prayer before i begin dear father we thank you once again for another year of your faithfulness to us your church here at ficf 
we thank you for giving us and providing a place for us to gather and enjoy each other's company, to sing songs of praises to you that leads us to worship you and to hear and feel your power, your majesty, your love, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you for many times, Lord God, that you have taught us lessons about you, about your will for us, about your ways for us. Forgive us, Lord, for the many times that we have failed you. But again, Lord God, we are grateful for your grace. We ask once again, Lord God, that you guide us with your Holy Spirit to teach us your truth through your word. Please give all of us the wisdom, Lord God. Open the eyes of our hearts and open our minds, Lord God, and, and help us comprehend and understand what it is you're trying to tell us. Humble us, Lord God. Let nothing, Lord God, hinder you Hinder us, Lord, from hearing you. Anoint me, Lord God. Anoint my lips. Bless my preparations, Lord God. Let you and you alone speak to your people this evening. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 So let me... Well, I forgot my... Okay. I entitled our message "The Focus of Purpose." The focus of purpose. You can you can even play with that. The purpose of focus, but it will mean the same thing. But I, I chose to to use the word, the words, the focus of purpose. Because if one has a purpose, that purpose will keep him focused on whatever it is that they're trying to do. If it's building a wall or climbing a mountain, whatever the purpose is, becomes their focus. But the problem with our society these days is we have a short attention span. Did I just lose you there? <laughs> we all have a short attention span. They have studied this. That's why if you're watching videos on Facebook or YouTube, the, the screens, they constantly change. If you look at movies now and compare it to the old movies in, back then, there's so many changes in the screen because it's been, it's been revealed, studies show that we don't like seeing the same thing for more than five minutes. That's why many of you lose me on my first five minutes. And then you're just waiting for me to say, let's close in prayer. <laughs> because you're so used to the fact that you're just always on your device and watching those videos or movies and it's just changing constantly. The scenes change constantly. The sounds change constantly. So there's no more focus. We lack focus as a society. And then, and then the other thing is we, our purpose is different. The world's purpose, the world will, will flood us with different kinds of purpose. And if you are a believer, you will definitely know that what the world suggests us to be your purpose is completely the opposite of what God wants you to be or what God wants you to have as a purpose. In this church, for 14 years now, we have one purpose. We have our purpose hasn't changed. And they're broken in down, they're broken down to three. For the members, I'm really hoping that you guys, I'm really hoping that you guys have memorized this. But the purpose of this church is to know Christ, to become like Him. And to make him known. Amen? To know Christ. And that's going to be our points tonight. We're going to use the scripture that we just read through the Paul, the account of Paul and Silas being thrown in jail, being flogged, being tortured, then thrown into jail unjustly. Now, purpose is defined as a noun. It, it, it's defined as, an, as a noun. It, it, the, the definition is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. And the synonyms, the, the, the ones that I chose is motive, objective, value, and point. And as a verb, it means have as one's intention or objective. And then the synonym of that verb is design and desire. Now, we all believe that the Bible is the Word of God, correct? At least in this church, we believe in that. 
the Christian world believes that the Bible is the Word of God. And in the Word of God, it says there that we, are, we were all created in the image and the likeness of God. Amen? And in that design, in that design, God's purpose is that we worship Him. And that we live for Him. That we live a holy life for Him. Now, if you will deter yourself away from God's purpose, if let's say you don't want to worship God, you don't want to praise Him, you will find yourself praising, need, needing to praise someone or something, needing to, to love someone or something else. Because that's your design. You are looking for that. That's, that's how we were created. Just like the cell phones, correct? The cell phones, whether it's Apple or an Android, they're all created to do certain functions. They were all designed by the designers. But many of those things will not work, no matter how creative it is, no matter how useful they are, if they are not plugged in. Do we agree? And I think the Androids drain faster, the batteries of Androids drain faster than Apple. John will not agree, but... <laughs> but it's the truth. There's so many apps on those phones that run on the background. So the point is this. Every, everything, everyone that's been created by God, we are all designed to praise Him, to live for Him, and to worship Him. Now to our first point is to know Christ. Now we saw Paul and Silas thrown into jail. Thrown into jail because of doing God's will. Weren't they doing God's will? They were going through towns and different countries to share the gospel to the Gentile world. And there was this one false prophet that was the, this woman, this, this young lady that, was, that was, uh, had a spirit in her. And she was being used by her masters because she was a slave. And she was being used to, to save for... Uh, she was a fortune teller. And she was, she was proclaiming. She was proclaiming Paul and Silas as God's prophets or men. But Paul, after so many days, Paul was making it, if you look at it again, Paul was, was letting it go until, I, I want to say until the 14th day. Maybe <laughs> He had enough of it and he turned around and he said, depart from her. Now the, 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 the masters of the, the lady, the Threw him in jail, had a, a mock, mockery of a, of a court hearing, and they were flogged. They were tortured. And then you see here in Philippians 1.20, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. That's Paul. Now this is just not words. We know he lived it. Paul lived it. For us, this is just a song. right? Are you breaking into the song right now? For me, to live is Christ. Right? And for many of us, for many of us, especially American Christianity, we think, we think that if we follow God, oh, if we follow God, if we do everything that God tells us, we should not experience any suffering. I, I was in the middle of a discussion many years ago, I want to say maybe five, six years ago, where somebody said that if you are in God's will, if you are in God's will, it is easy. I don't know. Maybe Paul wasn't in God's will. Because Paul had a long list of sufferings that he went through. So let this be an encouragement to the believers of this church, FICF. I know it's been 14 years, right, total? But for me, it's been five years. It's not an easy five years. I really hope that God took me on my first day. Because it hasn't been an easy ride. But does that mean we're not in God's will because trials are happening? Because challenges arise in this church, in our family as a church? No, I would say not. I say all the more, all the more, the maturity of the church is being tested. Because Paul and Silas being thrown into jail and then being beaten up is a great sign of their maturity. Why? Because of Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good 
of those who love Him, those who are called according to His purpose. Paul's love and Silas's love for God was constantly tested, especially at that moment. Imagine being flogged just for doing what? Re you rebuked the, 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 the spirit that was occupying this person, that was torturing, probably torturing that young lady for many years. She, Paul did the right thing. Paul and Silas were sharing the gospel. And then they were thrown into jail. But Paul found his purpose in Christ. His whole life, after he met Jesus in the Damascus Road, being the chosen one that Christ declared in Acts 9.15, where it reads, This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. Paul lived it because Paul knew Christ. Now, believers of FICF, do you know Christ? We, we always say it, to know Christ. That's why that's our first objective. That's our first purpose in this church. We don't jump to make Him known on the third part. But frankly, it's easier, it's easier to do something for God than to learn about Him. It is. It is so much easier to grab a microphone and sing a song for God than really study and sit down in your own in your own comforts of your home and really study the Word of God. Right? If we're all going to be honest, it is so much easier to sing a praise and worship song than study the Word. It's so much easier to hand a track to a friend than to really learn what's in the track. On how to share the gospel because you have to know what you're sharing. It's easier to do certain things than to really know Christ because as we continue to know Christ, we know challenges arise, distractions happen. I mean, John John felt it on his after a few days after he said yes that he's going to do the testimony. Yes, he's going to preach the the following Sunday. Attacks started happening in his life. <laughs> I'll let him share that next Sunday. But here, this Tito Nancy read this earlier, but I want us to focus on here. On what did they do? What did Paul and Silas do after getting tortured and after being thrown? You know, the, the verse here is they, they were thrown into the inner cell. That is reserved for the worst criminals. And then they were they were they were put in stocks. Those stocks are, are to, to make them suffer more. But what did they do? They called a meeting. They called the church. They called the meeting. And they said, this is not happening. We don't deserve this. No, that's not what they did. They started singing hymns. They started singing praise and worship songs. For me to live is Christ. Imagine being, be after getting beaten down, I'm not, you know, I, I doubt it if I would be singing now. I'll probably be singing some Tupac Shakur's if I got beaten up. And then now I'm, in, I'm inside the thing. I'm going to be really mad, really upset. But these guys, Paul and Silas start singing praise and worship songs. Great is thy faithfulness. You have your favorite songs. The songs that have tugged you in your heart, that captured your heart during your most most difficult times. I remember this one song from Casting Crowns. Actually, there's two songs from them. Who Am I and Praise You in the Storm. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it. I don't care. You guys can judge me if you want. I would sing Praise and Worship, that, that, uh, Praise You in the Storm and crying while I'm driving when I was going through a very difficult time in my life. And I would really sing my heart out because I was just in the in my car. car. People were looking at me during traffic. I don't care. They, they don't know me. I don't know them unless they did. Right? But, but because, because as we sing these songs with messages about God and about how we believe in Him and how He loves us, it's like a prayer. Don't you agree? It's like a prayer. That's why we start our service with hymns. That's why we start our service with praise and worship songs because we want to prepare our hearts. We sing those songs and we pray those songs and we lead ourselves and each other to meet the Lord in the message. 
the, the opening hymn and the praise and worship songs, my brothers and my sisters, especially my, bro my Filipino brothers and sisters, it's not your grace period to get here. That's not your time. That's not an excuse for you to be late. That's a part of the service. The message is a part of our praise and worship. But those things too are quite important for the whole experience of the Sunday. God is only asking for one day from you folks. One day to praise Him and worship Him. And you see, Paul and Silas, it worked for them. Imagine going through those things. But they didn't care. You know, this year, this 2020 year, this year of 2020, that's why our, our size is smaller because I'm pretty sure many are, are concerned about the virus. Challenging is an understatement. Don't you agree? <laughs> Thanks, Brother John. God bless you. <laughs> yeah, the news got to you. Huh? Jamie told you what I said yesterday. This is a tradition. This is actually to pay homage to our Pastor Julius. Somebody always handed him a water, water to drink while he was preaching. So, let's, uh, let's join me. Thank you. No, but this year, 2020 is full of challenges, full of surprises. And the word challenge is an understatement. You know, you're not being pessimistic if you're thinking that next month there's going to be something very terrible. It seems like that's been the trend this year. Correct? The coronavirus, the, the, the almost war with Korea, the, the death of Kobe Bryant, and many more. There's been a lot of, of challenging times this year, uh, things that happened this year. But, and I thought, I thought 2020 is a code. Remember, that's a symbol for clear vision, correct? But as I was doing some digging here, it's actually not, 2020 is not a symbol for perfect vision. Not. It's, it's a symbol for normal vision. It just means that the average person can see 20 feet away. They can read certain, certain letters in the eye chart 20 feet away. So 2020 is not perfect vision. If you have 2020 vision, you have normal vision. 2015, the lower the number on the second set, the sharper your eyesight is. So let me tell you, I have 2015 vision. Now before you come in, before I think I'm colorblind, so it doesn't so it doesn't count for anything. That's why I didn't get the job I wanted to get. But 2020 is for normal vision. Why am I bringing this up? Because for a normal person, what Paul and Silas went through with their normal vision, they will not sing praises and worship songs for God. A normal person will actually take it against God. Lord. After everything that I have done for you, I was on a mission. This is a mission trip. This is a mission trip. Why have you taken me and my partner here to go through what we're going through? That's the average, I want to say it, that's the average believer. The average believer. Now, the above, the, the, the person, the believer with the focus on their purpose will even see that they're being, them being captured, them being tortured, and them being thrown in jail is God's purpose for them. Us being part of this church, that's God's purpose. Whatever your, your, your part is in this church, that's God's purpose for you right now. Is there other things that God wants for you to do? Possibly. I wouldn't doubt it. Because I started as somebody who didn't want to be up here. <laughs> but Pastor Charles, his prayer was answered. And Pastor Julius's. <laughs> Apparently their prayer was being heard more. But John Corson, Pastor John Corson said that Paul and Silas's beating was an indication of their maturity. And let me read his observation. He said here, he said here, you'll never know how far along you are in in the mature maturation process until you get beaten up. 
Trials neither make nor break us. They reveal what is going on inside of us. Thus, when we're, when we're beaten up verbally, we get a lot of this, emotionally, or perhaps even physically, is an opportunity to see how much the Lord has accomplished in our lives. Christians are like tea bags. We never know what our flavor is until we are in hot water. I don't know about you, but I don't like that. But it's true. Right? It's there's 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 this thing that's going on all over the world right now that if you're a Christian, you're viewed as a bigot. If you're a Christian, you're viewed as a close-minded person. If you're a Christian, you're stupid. Right? Those are the verbal abuse that we go through. There are certain emotional abuse that we go through too. When when our loved ones that supposedly uh, we're trying to share the gospel to would hurt us verbally. Right? And us as a church, us as a church, my experience as a pastor, I haven't been beaten up physically yet. <laughs> but I've been beaten up verbally by plenty of Christians. And it's, it, it hurts. Right, Pastor Charles? I think that's why Pastor Charles is on a wheelchair right now. He was a pastor for 55 years. <laughs> we go through a lot. Verbal abuse is, is somehow, somehow a part of the game. You know, sometimes I'd rather go through physical beating. Because with the physical beating, there's an end to it. But a verbal abuse, you guys know this? If you slander someone, if you share, if you do, if you gossip about somebody, you can never return that. Whatever you have uttered, it's gone. It's gone in the wind. And the bad thing is, I can't defend myself because that's not what Jesus wants. You know, in Acts 16.25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and other prisoners were listening to them. How we react, how we react to, to persecutions and how we react to to, to challenges in our lives, people are watching us and are hearing us whether we like it or not. Whether we like it or not. But, folks, Isaiah 54, 17 reads, People will make weapons to fight against you, but their weapons will not defeat you. Some people will say things against you, but anyone who speaks against you will be proved wrong. The Lord says, this is what my servants get. They get the good things that come from me, their Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. You guys are saying that as if you don't really mean it and, 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 and know the, the feeling. And I don't blame you. But look at, uh, that's, that's 1625. <laughs> but Romans 8.18, it's not here, but Romans 8.18 reads, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. That's Paul saying it. Why can he and, and, and Silas still sing praises and hymns to God? How can they still praise God in the middle of that? They, were, they had open wounds. You will see if you read it, if you heard it. They had open wounds because after the jailer was saved, he washed their wounds. They had open wounds, but they were singing praises to God. They had so many reasons to complain. They have so many reasons to whine. But instead of whining, they sang praises, songs of praises to God. Folks, the opposite for us is true. We have so many things to praise God for, but we whine so much. Wine the, with the H, okay? Not the W-I-N-E. Some of you whine too much. But we, we whine. We complain. Yo, we, but we don't even go through half of what Paul and Silas went through. We don't even go through half of what the apostles went through. But we have so many things to complain about, don't we? 
Oh, Lord, I wish this 2020 year would just end and things would just go back to normal. I said this last week. What we really mean is because I really don't want to be praying to you this much anymore, Lord. I just want to go back to my old normal life to where I don't depend on a God. Paul and Silas, they knew that this was God's purpose for them. No matter how unfair it was in their eyes, they embraced it. Why? Because they trust God. Because they know Christ. Do you know God in that way? Do you know God as being good? If your answer is yes, then take the bad things too. Take the bad things too. You praise Him for the bad things too. Just like Job, remember? When Job said, The Lord give it, the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Though He may slay me, I will worship Him. After losing his children, his business, his health, not in a week, in a day. He still said those words. Children of God of FICF. In this 14 years that we've been in this church, we have our share of challenges. Amen? In the last five years, we've had our share of challenges. In the last three months, we have our share of challenges. I'm pretty sure in your own life, you have your own share of challenges. But God remains good. Amen? God knows. The, the psalm says, God counts your tears and He holds it in a bottle. He remembers it. There's no wasted tear for all of His people. This is Paul. That's the Isaiah. This is Paul in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live, for, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is maturity, folks. This is maturity. This is where we all strive to get. As a Christian, we want to know Christ in this level. To know Him, knowing Him, that our lives are just all for Him. You know, even at your work, if you're going to look at your strength as being from God and your job being from God, you must be worshiping Him through your work because that is from God. Everything that we are and everything that we have is from Him. So even at your work, you can be worshiping Him. You should actually be worshiping Him. I do that. It's a way of God still making me meet people. That if it, Because if it were up to me, I'll just be with my kids, the church, and then home. Kids, church, home. But because of my work, I get to meet new people. And, and I have two, two families here that uh, were my friends and then became my clients and then my clients that became my friends. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, through that experience... They will become Christians if, if they're not already. But if you see your life as no longer yours, and that everything about your life is for Christ, you're, you surrendering to Him, having that knowledge, you're, you surrendering to Him makes it so much easier. Whatever you're going to go through is not easy by any means, but surrendering to the fact that God knows what you're going through makes it easier. That makes sense. There's a long list of trials that Paul went through, right? They they said this, right? Just accept Christ and your life will be easier. Right? You've heard that? Then let me read to you what Paul went through. 2 Corinthians 11:23 to 27. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. 
I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty, and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Guest, do you still want to be Christians? <laughs> Believers, have you gone through half of these? Have you been hungry for the name of God? Have you been shipwrecked on your way to your mission trips? Have you gone to a mission trip? Have you faced robbers? Have you faced persecution? This is probably what we all went through. You faced persecutions from people that said they were believers but are not. To know the real Christ is to know the purpose of our lives because we are designed by God. Correct? We are designed by God. We are created by Him. And if we don't go with our designer, we will be wanting. But if we go with Him and His will for us, our lives will be full of purpose. The battle or the, 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 battle or the struggle is for our lives and minds in this world. The world fights for our minds. The world fights for our hearts. The world fights for our lives. Because the world wants us not to live for God. There's so many pollution there that you can grab just through your device, through your phone, and then at your work. Everything is against God. Now, to know Christ, to our first point, to our first goal as a church, to know Christ is to know that He is our purpose. To know Christ is to know that He is our purpose. And to know Christ is to know that He is our focus. Is Christ your focus? If you know Christ, you should know that He is your purpose. If you know Christ, you should know that He should be your focus. To know Christ means that we live our lives focused on that purpose. And what is that purpose? To know Christ. It's a circular statement. You know, men, those who are married, we've all been trapped in that circular statement, right? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're probably not married or you don't have a girl. When the wife asks you, sweetheart, why do you love me? Guys, don't go like this. Don't go like that. You have to be quick to think on your feet, right? And don't say, I love you because you're size 8. <laughs> because, because they'll say, what if I don't go back to my size 8? And don't, don't say, don't say I, I love you because you're outgoing. And then say, what if I get sick? Don't say that. This is what you, this is what you say because that's a, that's a trap. It's a trap. This is what you say. I love you because I love you. You're welcome. <laughs> that's a circular statement. Chris, you're welcome. Use that. <laughs> I love you because I love you. But you know what? In all, all kidding aside, that's God's explanation to us. He loves us because He just loves us. There is really nothing special about us. His grace is because we don't deserve Him. But He loved us anyway. Right? And Paul knew that. Now, to the second point of tonight. To become like Him. I'll go fast here. To become like Him. When we say to become like Him, to become like Jesus, we mean that in this is the, the verb that it means. To come into existence. We want, to, we want Christ, we want our lives to come into existence. We, not, we want Christ to come into an existence in our lives. We want Him to manifest in our lives. We want our lives to reflect Christ. Not just by our words, but through our lives. We should go an undergoing change. We should have a development there should be an improvement on how we live. There should be a change. Now, it's not conditional, right? We are saved by grace, not by works. But us being saved changes us from the inside out. That's why in this church, we don't say, do this first and become a Christian. No, we just say, accept the gift of Christ, His work on the cross, and you will be saved. And then, when you know Christ, the inside, your heart will change for Him. The more you know of Him, your inside will change, and then you will become like Christ. 
There's a story that is told of a zoo that uh, was noted for their great collection of different animals. One day, the gorilla died, and to keep up the appearance of a full range of animals, the zookeeper hired a man to wear a gorilla suit and fill in for the dead animal. It was his first day on the job, and the man didn't know how to act like a gorilla very well. As he tried to move convincingly, he got too close to the wall of the enclosure and tripped and fell into the lion exhibit. He began to scream, convinced that his life was over. Help me! Somebody help me! Until the lion spoke to him. He said, be quiet, stupid, or else you get us both fired. <laughs> I like it. I thought it was good. <laughs> Going a little farther. Where was I? Over here. The jailer woke up. The jail woke up, and then when he saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword to kill himself. He thought his life was over. You know why he was suicidal here? Because that's a condition for Roman prison guards. If they lose any of their prisoners, they will be tortured, they will be, they will be shamed, and they will die anyway. So to shorten his, his suffering, he's decided to just kill himself. Why am I using this as to become like Christ? Why did... Paul and Silas not go out because their chains fell off. They were released. Would You know, if that were me, I would think that was God's answer to my prayer. I'm like, oh my gosh, the Christians were praying for me. I can go now on to my next mission trip. No, they stayed. Why did they stay? Why did they stay? Look, look at Matthew 26, 39. Remember Jesus' prayer on, uh, in the garden? Before going to the cross, Jesus prayed, Lord, take this cup away from me. Remember? But yet not my will, but let your will be done. And then Luke 23, 34 says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Here, like Paul copied Jesus by not leaving the prison. Because he knew God wanted him there. The earth shook. The the, the, the the, the prison uh, doors opened. Their chains fell. Don't you think that the circumstances answered their prayer? Don't you think that if you were reading into the circumstances, it's God telling them, go. Correct? That is why Christians, if you are looking at circumstances as God answering your prayer, you can be wrong. You can be wrong because most of the time, our hearts are aligned already. And we manipulate what we see. This happens to me whenever I think about buying a car. Whatever car I think of buying, I see it all the time. They're everywhere. It's like this movie Six Sense. They're everywhere. I thought about buying Prius. One, two, three. And then I tell Anna, it's a sign, babe. It's a sign. Prius everywhere. Right? But it was. And now we're talking about Tesla. Whoa, Tesla, Tesla. Whoa, it's a sign. It's a sign. Why? Because our hearts lie to us. Jesus said that. The heart, if you follow your heart, it is the most deceiving of all. So why follow your heart, folks? The circumstances pointed Paul and Silas to escape, but they didn't. They told the jailer, we are here. Don't harm yourself. We are still here. Here, second point. Jesus said of the people that tortured him and crucified him, Jesus prayed the prayer for God the Father to forgive them, for they know not what they do. Paul and Silas being so gracious, being forgiving, even to the jailer that has tortured them, part of torturing them and, 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 and putting them to jail. If you want to become like Christ, if we want to become like Christ, a part of it is that we have to always be surrendered to God's will. Not to what we want, but what God wants for us. And if we want to become like Christ, we need to be forgiving. Forgiving for the people that deserve it. <laughs> forgiving to the people that are nice. Forgiving to the people that have given us benefits. No, forgiving the people that don't deserve it. Forgiving the people that completely, really hurt us to the point that crucified Jesus. There is this 
senior in high school named James. And he had the opportunity to be the team captain of his basketball team, his high school basketball team. As time was expiring in an important district game, ending the first half, his team had the ball. And they called the play to get the ball at the end of the half. As the point, as because James is the point guard, his job was to deliver the ball where it needed to be. But he failed. A defender moved up, pressured him, knocked the ball away, and he lost it. At the halftime, his usually laid-back coach got on his face and said, Captain, senior, point guard, are all of those true? James answered, yes, coach. And then the coach yelled, then act like it. Then act like it. Are you a Christian? Did you accept Christ as your Lord? Do you profess that God is good? Do you pray to Him? Do you, surrender, do you say that you surrender your life to Him? Do you say that Jesus is your Lord, so you must be forgiving? Do you say that you are a Christian, you are Christ's representative? Then act like it. Folks, we need to act like it. And then... We go to the third point. The third point is to make him known. The third point is also a byproduct of us knowing Christ. And the third point is a byproduct of us becoming like Christ. Because as we continue to be like Christ, because as we continue to, to know Christ, we can't help it but to fall in love with Him. Amen? Husbands and wives here, boyfriend and girlfriends, let's say, the more you get to know each other, the more you fall in love with each other, the more you act like each other. You guys copy. You guys end up copying each other. You end up, you end up knowing what, you end up finishing each other's statement. Right? Sometimes in irritation, like, I, I know what you're going to say already. Shut up. Right? We cut them off because we know where they're, where they're going. Like, What's taking you so long? Just say it. <laughs> right? Because we know we become like each other. We become one. That's what marriage is, right? We become one. God made us one. So as we get to know Christ, you know the other meaning of know is intimacy. Like a sexual relationship know. When David went to know Bathsheba, the original language says to know, he knew her in a sexual manner. As, as we get to know Christ, not, not sexually, but as we know Him in a deep, intimate way we get to become like him and as we become like him we can't help it but to keep talking about him there's no way that we can shut up about him because look this is this is paul and silas he then brought them out and asked sirs what what must i do to be saved they replied believe in the lord jesus and you will be saved you and your household then they spoke the word of the lord to him and to all the others in his house. I want to know, note for verse 31 is mostly misunderstood. Because people say that once you accept Christ, your entire household will be saved. That's not true. What this means is, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you will be saved. And then when you tell your family about Jesus Christ, and they believe, they will be saved. Because if it were true, then Jesus was lying in this Matthew 10, 34, 36. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come out to set a man against his father, and a daughter against his mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Because one of the most separating topics in my family, in my Salcido family, not in my family. My family, Anna and I are, are saved. And then Alonzo and Gianna came to know Christ too on their own. But in my family, with, with me and Jamie, it's just, the Christians with the Salcido family, it's just me, Jamie, my mom, and a cousin of mine, and a couple of my nieces there in California. And that's it. And everybody else hates me. <laughs> they hate the fact that I betrayed our faith. For them, it's a cultural thing. Like, how dare me? leave 
our tradition. So it's not true. But as we go back here, Paul, I think I have it on the next slide anyway. Paul still shared the gospel to the jailer. Paul knew why he was sent there. Paul was the first jail ministry, prison ministry, right? This was the first prison ministry on record. Folks, have you been in a tough situation and then all you did was whine and complain to God and then all of a sudden you just realized that God revealed it to you that you were supposed to be there because God was going to use you in that moment? It could be a marriage. It could be at work. It could be a very, it, it must be a very uncomfortable relationship or situation. But you have to find the reason why God brought you there. Because it's not by accident. Pastor Joel said earlier that he met Pastor Julius, what he thought was an accident, but it's now a divine accident. There are always a reason. There's always a reason for certain things that happens to us that is beneficial for God and for us to share the gospel. We must always look for ways to share Him. We must always be bold and be aware that people need the Lord. Amen? Then he says there, Believe in the Lord. And the hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. See, if a, Christ, if a person becomes a Christian, if a person accepts Christ, change happens. See, the jailer now washed the wounds of Paul and Silas. For a, a while ago, before that, he didn't care. He was letting them bleed to death. Now he started washing, and then he fed them. He brought them, he brought them to his own household for a Bible study with his family, to share the gospel to his, to his family. See, once you get to know Christ, you will become like him, and then you can't shut up about him. The jailer went through it in a single hour. He got to know Christ. He became like Christ by, by mending the wounds of Paul and Silas. And then he shared Christ to his family. He was filled, and then it says there, he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his household. The original language of filled with joy, it's actually, he was filled with great joy in other, other uh, versions. The, the, the original language is agalayo, properly to jump for joy. It was, it's like to jump for joy, exceedingly glad, exceeding joy. He was rejoicing greatly. Now, for the many Christians, for the people that have been Christians for a while, you know, if you've been part of this church for 14 years, you don't get excited anymore, right? <laughs> oh gosh, another Sunday. Up to eat a lot again. It's the anniversary. Right? Goodness. Joe's going to preach for another two hours. I'm kidding, Paul. Now we're not. <laughs> but we forget the value of Christ. We forget the value of what we have. We forget the value why we became Christians. We forget our Christianity. We, we don't know the value of it. I want to end us with this. Matthew 13, 44 to, 30, 44 to 46. These are the parables of the hidden treasure and the pearl. Verse 44 reads, The kingdom of heaven is like the treasure hidden in the field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then, it hit, then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought all that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. If you know the value of a certain thing and it exceeds what you have, won't you do the same thing? Um, I want to say eight years ago, I know of this guy who sold his solar company in L.A. And he sold it for, I think, a million dollars. 
he could have sold it for a lot more money, but he was in a hurry to, to get that million dollars because he saw a great opportunity in the Reno Sparks real estate market. He, he, his plan with his partner is to buy and sell properties. And they did this in four years. They did this a lot. And in four years, his net value, together with his partner separately, their, their value was $8 million. So his initial investment was a million, and in four years, it became eight million. Because he saw the value of the opportunity of another thing. Folks, most of us, we treat our Christianity and we treat God, consequently, and Jesus, in a way, in a manner that we don't see Him as a hidden pearl. Maybe not you, maybe the other churches. But if you have gone through your life in your Christian life that you have taken Him for granted because it doesn't excite you anymore, right? There's no more magic of the new thing, right? Because every new relationship, every new jacket, every new shoe, pair of shoes, they're more exciting than the old ones, correct? Sometimes we treat Jesus, sadly, that way. Though because we know that He is there for us, we take Him for granted. Don't we do that with people that are around us too? We take our wives for granted. We take our children for granted until they're gone. We, we take our jobs for granted until we lose it. Right? Christianity, folks, Jesus dying on the cross for us is of great value. It's of eternity past. Why have we taken that for granted? Why have other things about the world become more alluring and more attractive for us? Paul and Silas never lost focus of their purpose in their lives. Their lives was to know Christ, to become like Him, and to make Him known. Despite being in prison and being flogged unjustly, they sang hymns. They prayed. Despite the fact that doors were open and the chains fell off, they stayed to share the gospel. The focus of their purpose, which is Christ and His work on the cross, His grace surpassed what they felt, the pain that they felt, the suffering that they were going through. It surpassed that. They were Their weakness was filled with the Holy Spirit strengthening them to continue to give love to this jailer by sharing Jesus, because their focus was on their purpose, because their focus was Christ. Folks, we need to know Christ. If you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, I pray that this will be the evening that you do so. And if you have known Christ for a long time, and you have paused on that part, I beg you to continue to know Him. Because as you continue the real Christ, you cannot help but to become like Him. And as you're becoming like Him, the other fruit of that is that you will share Him. You will make Him known to the people around you. Amen? Amen. That is our message this evening. Church FICF, may God bless you for all your faithfulness. I believe I believe that I owe you my prayers and I always pray for you, for all of you, because patiently you are here waiting for me to grow in this past five years. <laughs> and, I, and I know that you could go to other churches with better pastors. And if you will grow with them, please go there. <laughs> because the purpose of our lives is to grow in our faith. Amen? Amen. And I, and I am grateful to all of you Please join me in the word of prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that your Holy Spirit keep them in our hearts and our minds. Help us, Father, to live for you. Help us, Lord God, to continue to know you. To give us, Lord, the desire to want to know more of you. Help us, Lord God, to become like you by obeying your word and your will for us. Father, we ask for healing for those who are sick. We pray for Brother Edgar, Lord God. Please heal him. Please heal those who uh, might have the COVID. 
I pray for salvation for those who are lost, Lord God, and encouragement for those who are discouraged, strength for those who are weak. Father, continue to remind us to rely on you completely. Help us, Lord God, to surrender to you. We thank you, Father, for all these years of your faithfulness to us. I pray for blessings for all your members, and please bless the guests that are here this evening. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and all the Lord's people said, Amen, Amen. amen. Please rise for the closing hymn.